What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 34 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I'm joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. Um, I'm enjoying playing a lot of older games, which we'll get to in just a second. But yeah, I'm excited for the show. Nice. Yeah, we got a ton of uh, Sony news that everyone is probably already somewhat aware of. It kind of came out right after we recorded last week, but it's such a big deal right now that we definitely want to cover all the PlayStation news that is out there. We also have some Bioshock news, some Mass Effect news, and some Ubisoft news that just came out. So uh, you'll definitely want to stay tuned, even if you are uh, kind of up to speed on the PlayStation situation. We're also going to have a deep dive discussion about, you know, whether or not uh, Microsoft and, and Xbox are kind of, you know, closing the gap uh, between them and PlayStation? Is it uh, becoming a bit more of a competitive landscape with everything that's going on? So that should be a fun discussion. You want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, you can catch Preloaded. We post every Friday over on Jackson's YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, he is J-A-Y-V-E-E over on YouTube. Or if you prefer the audio versions, we post it on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to subscribe there and leave a review if you're enjoying the podcast. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a question there and we may discuss it on the following week's show when we dig into our mailbag as we do every week here on Preloaded. Or if you want to, heck, you can uh, drop us a question on Twitter. Uh, I am at Quest Mode Games. Jackson, where are you on Twitter? I'm at JV on YT. So hit us up there. Uh, you can uh, yeah, ask us your questions in either place. And with that, we are going to kick off the show as we always do with our segment. Jackson, what the hell have you been playing? So this week, I've been playing uh, more Outriders, although I will say I've been playing less of it than the week previous because... I think kind of the technical issues have really come to a head for me. It's kind of tough to play with my my close circle of, of friends. You know, we get uh, disconnected in the middle of really important missions, and it's just kind of a bummer. Plus, there's been an inventory wipe bug going around, which I don't have to tell you, you know, how scary that is when you put a ton of time into a game and there's some server-related issue that wipes all of your progress. Like, I didn't want to run into that. Yeah, I did um, uh, read that they they're, they're releasing a patch. I think this morning uh, or today, but yeah, that's that's not good at all. That's a bummer to hear, man. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Like I, I've kind of hit towards the end of the um, end game. I guess you could kind of say um, I'm in the last like three or four tiers of difficulty on the end game activity. So I was kind of nearing the end, anyways, and I definitely want to go back and finish that. But yeah, it's kind of disrupted my experience in a way that you never really want. Yeah, that's that's too bad. And you said you were playing some older games? Yes. So Far Cry 3 is the other game I played, uh, and I actually beat completely. I think I mentioned it last week, but man, that, that game just sucked me into its story and just didn't let go. Um, I wanted to review it in 2021, so um, little plug there. That'll be my next video. Should be out actually same day as this podcast. But uh, anyways, it, it's a really fantastic experience, and I think it actually holds up very well. 
Nice. So are you playing the, uh, I know they came out with some sort of remaster, but I, I, I don't know if it is technically a remaster, if they just up it or what the deal was. So I also thought the same thing. Turns out that was really just for next-gen consoles, but it was last-gen, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yep. Far Cry 3 came out on 360 and PS3, uh, but it was re-released a couple years ago for the previous-gen. So playing on PC, that wasn't an option for me. Yeah, well... I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it. That is my favorite in the Far Cry series. So uh, I will look forward to that video and seeing how it holds up. Yeah, man, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so on my end, I finished uh, Sticks. I'm kind of still going with the stealth uh, you know, theme here. That uh, And not to sound like a broken record, but that probably won't stop. Uh, I, I love this game. It was it was awesome. It's Again, it's kind of like a double A uh, uh, stealth game that takes after um, Thief, uh, where you play this goblin and you're just going through these very linear uh it's a very linear story the levels themselves are pretty open actually there are multiple ways through which is one reason i like the game but you know you go through and you can either totally uh ghost the level if you want you can kill everybody and try and stay undetected um you can like steal everything in the level if you want and you get rewards for doing these different things uh which definitely all that the way the game rewards you kind of speaks to me as a as a newly uh minted stealth gamer um I would definitely recommend it, but again, I think I might have mentioned last week, it does have a sequel that received uh, far better reviews, so uh, check that out. I'm, I'm playing it uh, on PlayStation now, too, so I downloaded it, not for free, because I pay for that service, but once I paid for that, it was uh, free for me to download. So definitely check that out uh, if you're into stealth games and you're looking for something to play. The other game that I picked up last night and I'm trying to get into, it's called The Escapists. Have you heard of this series? Jackson? Um, so I just looked it up actually, and I, I've seen this, but that's as far as I know. It basically the reason it intrigued me. So this is like a totally eight bit or maybe even sixteen bit aesthetic, where it's a top down uh, game where you're trying to escape prisons, and it has different prisons that you have to escape. The reason it intrigued me is it sounded like Hitman, but instead of your objective of uh, you know assassinating someone, your objective is to escape a prison, and there are multiple ways to escape a prison. You have to explore your environment and discover how to escape. Uh, it's very similar to how in Hitman, you have to explore your environment and discover how to kill people. Um, but I had a hard time getting into it last night. I'm going to give it another shot. It just sounds really cool. It has a big following. It sold like over a million copies back when it came out. So um, I think Markiplier picked it up, and it like kind of took off in popularity after that. So we'll <laughs> see if that holds my interest. Cool, man. Yeah, that's a good thing for your game if Markiplier plays it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyways, I'll report back on that next week if it either keeps me interested or, or not. And with that, uh, that's everything we've been playing. We are now going to dig into our top stories. We have a lot to talk about this week. One thing that we unfortunately will not be talking about is Resident Evil Village because just the way that they we are aware that they are posting a um, gameplay showcase later today as we record, but it is too late for us to cover it and get this out the door so our podcast can post on time. So unfortunately, we will uh, you know, be covering this ne- next week uh, unless there are just, there's just megaton after megaton ne- next week. Maybe this will get uh, left behind, but we apologize for that. But we are covering a ton of PlayStation news, starting with the Bloomberg report that came out from Jason Schreier, which everyone... Um, at least knows of whether or not you read the report or not. But the the big kind of lead that came out of that had a lot of people talking was that The Last of Us is getting a remake. The original Last of Us is getting a remake. Now, this game was in development by a 
30-person development team, kind of in secret, this was formed uh, in a studio called Visual Arts Service Group, which is a studio that apparently PlayStation uses typically for support on other games, but they wanted to create their own game, and they pitched, they even pitched, I think, a an Uncharted one remake that did not get the green light, but what did get a green light for some reason was the Last of Us remake. Then that studio, Visual Art Service Group, got pulled off that project for budget reasons and put on the Last of Us Two to help out with that. And after that, that Last of Us remake was taken from. Well, I don't know if it was taken from them. That sounds kind of aggressive, but it was given instead to Naughty Dog. Uh, and so Naughty Dog is now apparently working on The Last of Us. Uh, before I move on, Jackson, what are your thoughts here? So, yeah, just briefly, um, it, it's it sounded like a very messy operation, and it painted Sony in a negative light insofar as not kind of rewarding teams that really did help them on, you know, to, to ship a lot of games, it sounds like, at least for a visual arts service group. Um, and so that was a little, uh, sad to hear. And that kind of connects to our next story here. Yeah. So you can imagine if you pitch this project that, <clears throat> and you had put some time into it and then it was given to uh, naughty dog that, that might rub you the wrong way. So moving on and in a similar vein, Sony bend, it was revealed in the same report pitched, uh, the sequel to days gone days gone Two, And, Sony did not greenlight the pitch, uh, and it, it actually came out afterwards through an interview with, I forget his name, Jeff, ooh, I'm not going to get his name right, but the, the director, I think, on Days Gone, who's no longer with Sony Bend, said that this game was going to have a, multi, a multiplayer component on top of the story component. They had all these ideas that they wanted to include that they, in the first one that they weren't able to, uh, and then they pitched in the second one. It didn't get the green light, and then on top of that, Sony, to your point, Jackson, put a lot of the developers at Sony Bend on other projects, and I believe it was Naughty Dog projects. And I even read a, a report that some people joked around at Naughty Dog that, well, joked around might be the wrong phrase, but they referred to Sony Bend as uh, Naughty Dog North you know, because <laughs> they kind of got this reputation for being their support studio. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, Sony Bend wasn't too happy about that, and they apparently, you know, I don't know whether they made some noise or what happened, but they did get finally some autonomy back. They are apparently working on what the Bloomberg report called, quote, part of a brand new franchise. So that doesn't sound to me like Days Gone 2, but it does sound like they're working on something new and something that is their own, which is good. But still some uh, some tough news out of this bit of the story. Yeah, it sucks to know that there won't be a Days Gone 2. Um, I know it didn't get the critical acclaim that Sony was looking for. That's probably the main reason why it, uh, it, it didn't get greenlit for a sequel. But yeah, man, it, it sucks to know that these people poured their heart and souls into the, you know that series and that project and can't continue it. Um, so really, at the end of the day, I just feel for for the devs, the people actually you know working on the game and uh, their sort of creative uh, energy being stifled. That just sucks. Yeah, and I personally have not played Days Gone, but it actually sounds like a game that is right up my alley as far as open world games go. I think I would really like it and. A lot of people love this game. It's just too bad that, you know, I think of I think of Assassin's Creed or the way, you know, I think of uh, a lot of the Ubisoft games, the way they've launched franchises that haven't necessarily gotten off on the right foot, but they they keep supporting them. 
and they turn into things that people love. Uh, you know, Rainbow Six Siege is another great example of that, or even For Honor. You know, these games have been supported by Ubisoft for years, and they 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 get to where they want them to be. Right. Yeah, it's crazy when they invest in their studios. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my point was, I wish Days Gone would have gotten that opportunity. Anyways, the very last tidbit that came out of this story is that there was, on top of the Uncharted remake that was pitched by uh, that early, uh, by Visual Arts Service Group, it was revealed that apparently there is a Naughty Dog sequel or some sort of new, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not a Naughty Dog sequel, a Uncharted sequel or some sort of Uncharted game in development in some capacity at Naughty Dog. Uh, I did read a Screen Rant article that apparently reported, or they did report that apparently this is, they're, they're taking on more of a supervisory role, so I don't know who would be develop, doing the core development, but uh, before I ramble on too long, apparently a new Uncharted game is in the works. Yeah, I, I, I'm just curious what this is. I loved Lost Legacy, so if it's something like that, very into it. Yeah. So just before uh, moving on, we will talk about this in our deep dive discussion. But one thing that kind of came about from all this is that Sony, you know, the perception at least is that Sony is um, supporting AAA games far above and beyond how they're supporting, you know, maybe potentially smaller or more creative or more risky projects. They're really banking on these big AAA uh, franchises like The Last of Us and Uncharted uh, to uh, be their kind of bread and butter, but uh, there's, uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely talk more about that as we move on. That's all the PlayStation news that came out this week. That's a lot, but we got some exciting, potentially exciting. I guess it depends on your uh, your outlook. News that the next Bioshock might be uh, an open world game or might have some open world elements. So Cloud Chamber, which is the new newly formed studio that's developing the next Bioshock g- game, posted a job listing. For a senior writer that says, quote, we're hoping to find someone who can weave impactful character-driven stories in an open-world setting. Now, it is important to mention that Cloud Chamber could very well have other projects in development, but this job posting did specifically mention Bioshock. So uh, maybe Bioshock will have some open-world elements at the very least, or heck, maybe it's an open-world game. Uh, Are you a Bioshock fan? And if so, uh, what does this do for you, Jackson? Yes, I love Bioshock. Um, particularly the first one and, and Infinite. Those two Ken Levine um, headed games are fantastic even to this day. So I'm obviously really tuned in on Bioshock stuff because um, I'm very interested even if Ken Levine's not on the project. Open World scares me though. I'll be honest. Um, I, I, I really do see Bioshock as a very narrative driven experience. And for the most part, I think that linearity is a, is a good thing for for a story driven game um, because you know pacing narrative moments rhythm all of that stuff is very important so this scares me but I think it's very easy to look at this and be like oh well the next Bioshock's going to be bad I, I, I do want to see what they're doing and how they're incorporating open world if this does apply to Bioshock like this uh, suggests so I'm skeptical yeah, it is. You're right. The story in Bioshock is outstanding. I mean, I've only I haven't played Bioshock two, but I did play one and uh, uh, Infinite, and I loved them both. And the stories in both were great. And yeah, sometimes you play these open world games, you get sidetracked, and you play for ten hours before you get to a main story beat, and you almost forget what happened. And yeah. So um, that said, I you know the way Uncharted going back to Naughty Dog, the way Uncharted and The Last of Us Part Two, I guess Uncharted: The Lost Legacy incorporated open world segments. I really liked. So who knows? Maybe they'll do something like that. 
yeah, we'll see. So moving on, I'm going to kick the next three over to you, Jackson. We have another Mass Effect story and then some other stuff that's uh, kind of in your wheelhouse. Yeah, so uh, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition got another huge blog post. Uh, not going to go through in super big detail, but essentially it's all about the visual improvements. And uh, as you guys know, I'm on kind of their, their advisory council, if you will. Um, so I've had different meetings over time, and they've shown me some of this stuff before it was revealed to the public. And essentially it shows like a layer-by-layer improvement of what they did and how they went back and really brought the original Mass Effect up to uh, modern standards. But what I was really impressed by with with this blog post and the one that we discussed last week that was released last week is the amount of communication um, and, and really transparency for remastering. This is insane. I feel like we just don't get this kind of detail for those that are looking for it. Um, and a lot of people have questions when they spend money on a remaster. Like, why can't I just use mods, for example, on PC to achieve the same thing. If you're one of those people, this is a great post. So I'd highly recommend you guys go and check that out. Yeah, I saw some of the comparisons. I mean, I haven't been too dialed in, but when I do see visually what they're doing, I'm impressed, you know, and I'm, I, it makes me excited. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited to, to, you know, hear what you think if you decide to, to play through all three of them. It really is a unique experience. Yeah, all three might be a stretch, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe the first one will just suck me right in and I'll I'll get right into it. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, all three. What do you think? I mean, even rushing through, was that what, like 90 hours of gameplay? Or do you think it's more than it's that? It's less. It's less. Really? Um, well, well, these are older games. So it's not so much like, obviously, the older Elder Scroll games are, are still long. But like, I feel like these games were made in a different gaming era you know like 15 to 20 hours is fine i think the last one is the longest but there's still some stuff that you don't have to do so yeah you could actually power through that in about 60 hours i would say total okay yeah well we'll see i I did like part two some of my favorite characters in video games ever are in that game particularly jack i love jack (laughs) yeah she's great yeah so all right uh so moving on from that yeah uh you dropped in here that the Wrath of the Druids DLC is delayed until May 13th for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You're right. Yeah. So that was supposed to come out in two weeks. Um, UB announced the other day or maybe yesterday from the time we're recording that they've delayed it to deliver a more refined experience. Um, they said they were going to release an article explaining why. Uh, as of recording, they have not done that. So uh, I assume it's for polish. I assume it's exactly for the reason they described here. Personally, I don't mind waiting two more weeks. That really doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, that's it's not so. too long. There's not really anything coming out in the next... Well, <laughs> there might be a few things, but... Yeah, I will say that this actually rams right into the uh, time I'll be playing Mass Effect. So, I, I mean, I might just not play this until I play Mass Effect. That's that's how I see my priorities there. A little, um, little bit of a bummer, but uh, yeah, if it if they need the time, great, take it. Two weeks isn't too bad. We can we can wait. And then uh, lastly, the last story we have this week is Ubisoft just announced their next Ubisoft Forward event, which I don't think we've gotten one this year from them. I, I could be wrong. Maybe we got one early on, but it feels like it's been a while. You're right. We had one over the summer last year and then September last year. So this is the first one since September 2020. This is going to be an event during E3. We don't really have information right now other than the announcement. Uh, but my big thing to look for is Far Cry 6. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both really looking forward to that game. 
Yeah, and it was June 12th is the date that they announced this for specifically. So if you're looking forward to Ubisoft news at E3 or during E3, uh, June 12th is the date. It's kind of interesting that they're doing as Ubisoft forward, which to me says this is not an official Ubisoft or official E3 event. Um, I, I don't know how that works. Right. I mean, I, I think last year it was it, it's sort of like a in conjunction with, but not necessarily uh, put on by, you know, through the ESA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the difference. Um, whereas the old school conferences where you could go in person, that was through the ESA. So I think it's a COVID digital related thing. Yep. So that is all the news this week. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about and think about. Uh, we are going to now get into our deep dive topic where we get more into the Sony and also Xbox or PlayStation and Xbox situation is Xbox closing the gap. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to kick off our deep dive discussion. And one way I guess you could frame this is, is Xbox winning the generation? But, um, you know, I, I personally don't like to look at it as one is winning versus the other. It starts all this kind of tribalism, but it is an interesting kind of thought to, or, you know, it's interesting to look back and now look at where we are now with everything that's going on with Sony and Xbox. It seems like PlayStation recently has made a lot of missteps. We'll call them missteps. And Xbox seems to be doing just about everything right. Um, And so is I don't know, Jackson, do you think that Xbox is uh, closing in, you know, uh, closing the gap between the two? Uh, I think it's fair to say that PlayStation won last generation, but uh, this generation seems to be going a little differently. Right. I think I think it is fair to say that they're closing the gap. Um, I think just it's human nature to, um, you know, be competitive. It's it's actually very weird to me, like like you mentioned, to um be defensive of a of a company that you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you really have no no real stake in. Uh, that's weird, but I think it's fair to say, yeah, Xbox is making a lot of good steps to close the gap. Um, however, I think we need to kind of temper our um, our declaration of how things are going so far. We still have a lot of time. We're still very early in, and we still have the legacy of PlayStation, which. I mean, I don't even have to tell you guys, but I think it's worth reminding everyone or remembering rather that Sony just absolutely blew Xbox out of the water for like a very long, for like seven years. I mean, really the entirety of the last generation. So I think we kind of need to cool our jets, but still look at what's been happening. Yeah. So that is interesting because a big part of this story of this report that came out from Jason Schreier and Bloomberg was that, uh, you know, PlayStation is kind of throwing all their eggs into their basket of AAA games. And I think he even came out, you might have mentioned, I think, before that we started recording, that Jason Schreier came out and said, you know, cool the Jets on that a little bit. PlayStation is going to still support other projects. It's not going to be a, just a AAA game machine over there. But the funny thing about that is that is what made the PlayStation 4 such a beast is they came out with just banger after banger after banger. And that's what people loved about that console, right? That, that's uh, true. So the fact that people, the fact that people were a little disappointed with that angle, did surprise me a little bit. But I get it, you know. And I'm right there. Like I think that a lot of these, uh, you know, I think someone had mentioned Naughty Dog. They started out as kind of this small little ragtag shop, and now they're one of the biggest and best in the world. So 
interesting stuff there. But I do want to bring up just some of the other missteps that Sony has made. It's just a bad PR month. And, I, and my hope is that PlayStation learns from this and, you know, maybe adjusts a little bit. But at least as they move forward, they, they, they learn from everything that happens. So in the last, like, month or so, they've closed the PlayStation Network stores for the uh, PS3, PS Vita, or PSP, or announced their closure. That didn't go over very well at all. Uh, they had this uh, kind of software or firmware glitch in the PS4 where if you if the battery runs dead, like apparently there's a battery in your PS4, and when that dies, your PlayStation essentially becomes a brick. And that is inevitable unless Sony makes a fix for that. There was the MLB The Show situation where that got released for $70 on PlayStation and it's free if you have Game Pass. There's everything we talked about with the Schreier story. It just got uh, announced that some patches on PS3 games are already not working. Uh, And and all of that has kind of caused people to look at at Jim Ryan, who's now, you know, the um, guy who replaced Sean Layden who a lot of people really liked, and he's just not getting a good look right now. But this could be temporary. I've seen a lot of people say that when Ratchet and Clank comes out, when Horizon comes out, when God of War comes out, people are going to forget about this, and they very well may. Sure, I think they will. Um, And I've also seen uh, some animosity uh, directed towards Herman Holst for things that he's been saying. so <laughs> it all has kind of snowballed into one perception. And Josh and I were talking before we even recorded, like, does it matter if, if, uh, if you know, the reports that came out that they're focusing more on AAA stuff, if that is kind of true, but I mean, they're still working on smaller projects, does it really matter? Is the perception so strong that it's going to uh, sway people? I'm not convinced, but I do think they need to bounce back. And I think their games will help them do that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so on the flip side, so that's what's been going on with Sony. But on the flip side, you know, Xbox just seems to be able to do, I don't want to say no wrong, but they're doing a lot of right. They're doing a lot right right now. Um, you know, there was the MLB The Show situation, which made them look fantastic, where they're offering this premium AAA first party title to Game Pass subscribers day one. Uh, there are other Game Pass games that have come out, Outriders among them, that are essentially AAA games that people are getting day one. The whole Bethesda thing makes them look great because a lot, or presumably all those games will come out on Game Pass as they release down the road with the exception of Ghostwire and uh, Deathloop. So that's great. Then people just love Phil Spencer, you know, the way he interacts with their audience. And this is a big thing I think that PlayStation is missing with Jim Ryan. I mean, I, I just don't know if maybe he's not as a, uh, he doesn't like being the front man as much as Phil Spencer does, but Phil's like he's always interacting with the audience. He's on Twitter, he's on podcasts, and uh, um, just people really like the way he interacts. The way he has these uh, Easter eggs in his background, you know, with the Xbox Series <laughs> S before they ever announced it. People are noting that he had the Kojima, uh, forget what you call that character, in the background of his. Um, one of his live streams. And then sure enough, there are a bunch of rumors about Kojima working with Xbox. So, and then Game Pass is just a hit all around. I heard a really good podcast this last week about um, taking quotes from developers. People wonder how can this be sustainable for developers, but there are tons of developers out there who've spoken out saying how they are consistently seeing higher engagement on their games, selling more games, getting more opportunity to develop games because Game Pass will fund them with how they've structured their deals. And so it's just a win around, all around for everybody. 
Right. I, I think um, this whole thing makes Xbox, uh, perception-wise, seem uh, more friendly. Um, I don't know if if Sony and PlayStation need to get... Uh, I think his name was Kevin, maybe, from the commercials. You remember that guy? Yeah, Kevin was, Butler. Yeah, yeah Kevin awesome. Butler. <laughs> they need a fake boss or something again because they kind of... They don't have that personability that I think that Xbox as a brand has now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like a combination of all these things and... Xbox, I mean, we already talked about uh, the the PSN stores closing, but I mean, Xbox is taking that in the exact opposite direction, and that value cannot be understated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a huge point, and I even, Jim Ryan, I don't know the exact quote, but there, I know there is a quote floating around out there about how he doesn't really understand why people would want to play old games, which is totally fine for him personally, but if he projects that onto his uh, onto the gamers that that love that. I mean, that's, I think, not going to serve him at all. In fact, I think it's going to be to his detriment. So, and you're right, yeah, with backwards compatibility, that's another thing that I didn't put on this in this doc that Xbox is doing that's just been fantastic, and I really support them. And um, yeah, it's uh, this is this is why competition is good. This is uh, like Xbox is pushing back. You could argue that we wouldn't have all these Xbox wins if they didn't get their ass kicked last generation, you know? And, <laughs> Moving forward, right. it's going to be interesting to see what PlayStation does if if Game Pass really does become a dominant force in the gaming industry, which I think it arguably already has become that. So I'm with you. Yeah, I think Game Pass is a game changer. Um, but but circling back to the kind of the main point about winning, um, I, I think they're all becoming more competitive. I think what we're seeing is a leveling of the playing field, and what we're also seeing is that all of these are appealing. Um, for different reasons, which is okay. I know we're talking about how PlayStation isn't being backwards compatibility friendly, um, which I just think is a bad decision in general. But I actually am okay with PlayStation focusing on its AAAs and just being very exclusive heavy. Um, And then Xbox can be that thing where everyone can play whatever they want from any generation and get great value and then nintendo's doing nintendo stuff I, I that's like an okay ecosystem that makes sense in my head yeah yeah i i um i'm right there with you i will add to that though that with all the studios that uh, xbox has purchased especially bethesda they're gonna have plenty of AAA exclusives as well of course you can play them on pc uh so it's a little different but you won't certainly be able to play them on playstation i mean who knows i mean maybe we'll get to a place where that can happen but for now uh you know I do think Xbox will get will be able to compete with Sony's or with PlayStation's exclusives. It just might yes. take a few years. I think so too. So we'll we'll be very interested to hear what you think. If you have any thoughts on whether or not this, uh, you know, Xbox is making all the right moves and whether or not they can uh, catch up or surpass PlayStation in terms of just. I, I don't think it's going to be a unit sales thing this generation, but uh, it does seem like it is. Like you said, Jackson, just becoming very much more competitive. So what are your thoughts? Let us know in the YouTube comments. We'd love to hear. And with that, we are going to move on to our mailbag, dig into our mailbag. Before we do, Jackson, did you just have anything to add to this discussion? Uh, No, not really. I'm just uh, excited to see what this generation has. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. E3 is going to be super interesting this year. Very excited, particularly for Xbox, but also PlayStation. Yeah, I'm excited for everything. So with that, we're going to take our second break, and we have a question from our mailbag that we are going to discuss. We'll be right back. 
And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us until the end of the show. This is the part where we dig into our mailbag, read one of your questions right here, and discuss. If you want to have your question read on the show, you can hit us up at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com, or you can uh, at us on Twitter. I am at Questmode Games. Jackson, you are? I am at JV on YT. So uh, definitely hit us up with your questions. This week, we got a question from Vance. So Vance, thank you for writing in. And Vance asks a very broad question. What do you think is the best? What do you think is best for first-time gamers to start off with? PC gaming, PS4, PS5, or Xbox? And I think you added in there, Vance, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but that you've kind of saved up some money and you can now afford to get into gaming. So where to start? And uh, I definitely have my thoughts, but... Uh, since I spend so much time talking on this show, Jackson, I'm curious to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> You're good, Josh. Um, thanks, Vance, for the question. Uh, first time gamers is the big caveat here. Um, I think if if you've pl- been playing for years, the immediate answer might be PC gaming, but I don't think that's right for a first time gamer personally. So I would say go for a console and go for the one that has the games that look the most interesting for you. Um, I think Xbox is a little more friendly in terms of uh, just like what we talked about in our last segment with um, you know having a large library and letting you experiment and play as many games as you want. Um, but I, I would just go with your gut, but I would stick to a console personally. Yeah, uh, I actually would. I, I'm right there with you. I would stay away from PC gaming. It is, um, it's not overly complicated, but if you're new, there are some things in there that you kind of have to get used to if you're not used to working on you know uh, just dealing with a pc so consoles are just way simpler there you plug them in and if you don't you shouldn't have any problems you download the you know latest version of the software and you're good to go i would recommend xbox over playstation uh just because mainly game pass the other thing is if you if you're if you are on a budget and you don't really care all that much about all the the frames and all the pixels and you don't need the best resolution on every single game. I mean, get a Series S. They're $299, plays all the same games that you can play on your Series X. And of course, if you do care about digital media, that then get a Series X or even a 1X if you know you're if that is something you're open to. But uh Game Pass is I don't want to ramble too long. Game Pass is why I would go with an Xbox. Uh PlayStation does have P, uh PlayStation now. So if the exclusives on PlayStation appeal to you you're gonna have to pay for those day day one uh, and you're gonna have to pay 70 bucks for them but uh, playstation now does give you that ability to just surf uh, go through a ton of games and download a bunch of games and play them as you want for just one monthly subscription fee but game pass make no mistake is the superior service because you'll get all those big xbox exclusives day and date so yeah my recommendation go go with xbox but again as jackson said if the games on playstation speak to you more you might want to check it out. Right. And I, you make a great point, Josh, about Game Pass. That That's the future. So if you want to also make this decision like kind of forward-looking, Xbox is a great option. Yep. Uh, so good luck on uh, hunting down one of these next-gen consoles if that's <laughs> the direction you go. I really hope you can find one. And uh, have fun, Vance. Uh, it's exciting uh, uh, that you're getting into gaming. It's a, it's a great hobby. I love it. Me too. And that's going to do it for us this week. We are uh, all done. We, again, appreciate you sticking with us through till the end of the show. If you would like to hear us talk about your question next week, again, it's preloadedpodcast at 
gmail.com. And if you are listening to Preloaded on any of the audio platforms, we'd love for you to subscribe there, rate the show, uh, and you can, again, catch this if you are listening and you want to watch it. You can catch it over on JV's YouTube channel. Speaking of, Jackson, uh, anything you want to highlight on your, your channel? Yes, yeah. So I've got a Far Cry 3 in 2021 review going up either same day or, you know, if you're watching this later, it's already up. So go and check that out on my channel. Nice. And on my channel, finally, the Deathloop preview is going to post between this episode and the next episode. So I'm not sure exactly when, but look forward to that. Uh, Should be a good one, especially if you're looking forward to Deathloop, which you should be. That game looks awesome. And with that, we are going to sign off. We will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Thank you.